and welcome to Film Couch, episode three. In this episode, we're going to talk about Parasite. I'm Joe, and on the other end of the couch is Nicola. What's up, folks? Let's get into this. Okay, so Parasite. We have had a little bit of a back and forth, you know, over the the past week or the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You highly recommended Parasite to me in the in the last episode in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I sent you a little text when I watched it outside of the cinema. You obviously watched it first. You guessed that it was going to win all of these Oscars. And I think this is going to make for quite an interesting podcast, Nicola. Do you know why? Uh, why is that? <laughs> I don't think I liked it as much <laughs> as I should have. Okay. And I kind of don't get the hype about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kind of jump right into a question that we got um, from Mimi. She wrote into us. And... This is a great question to start on for you. Mm-hmm. Why did Parasite win the Oscar as Best Picture? Well, I mean, maybe that question, uh, I don't know if it should be a little more like, uh, why Why do I think it deserved to win uh, Best yeah. Picture? Okay. Uh, I think it deserved to win Best Picture because not only, in my opinion, was it like by a wide margin the the best movie of the year debatable but i i definitely think that it was probably the best movie of the last decade really yeah why (laughs) and uh and uh, i i guess sort of sort of i'll get get into that in a bit but sort of why i think uh it won less or, or what i think about it winning best picture um I mean, I was I was very pleasantly surprised. I did not think it would do it. I I, I really thought we would get the same, uh, the same thing we've been getting with the Oscars. I mean, ever since uh, ever since the the Academy was created, which which is just uh, like a like a knack for awarding the most conventional film, uh, and, and 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 never sort of really giving it to the the film that deserves it the most. I mean, in in some occasions, yeah, I might have, you know, but uh, I think it was, I w- I was very very happy when it did. Uh, well, <laughs> you seem to think that the Oscar, um, I, I don't know that that's improved and it, it, it took a, a different turn of events this year. But you know what? It's kind of the same as as previous years to me because Leo didn't win <laughs> something that he should have won. <laughs> Wait, but uh, but. Phoenix got it right. I thought you were rooting for for Phoenix more than for Leo. <laughs> I was. No, I, I'm I'm happy that I'm happy that uh, that Phoenix won it. Um, but mm. after I saw <laughs> after I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again mm-hmm. for the second time, I was kind of rooting for Leo. I think I just ah. have this tendency to <laughs> to root for the last thing I saw, <clears throat> except Parasite. <laughs> uh, so so you loved it. You really loved it, uh, dude. I did. It, it was, it was the first movie uh, in a very, very long time that I've seen at the cinemas. Not like, uh, not, not in like in my house. Uh, I mean, we're, uh, sort of like a quick recap. I did see Parasite 
uh, last year in my house. Yes, that mm -hmm. is true. But then I was able to see it again uh, this past week. Uh, I went on, I think it was like Tuesday or something. Uh, it was very late. But uh, even even it, even it though it was very late, I didn't fall asleep. So, But, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. What, what I was going to say is that it was one of the very few movies. Uh, I, I can't remember how long that as soon as I finished watching it, I said, God damn it, why didn't I make that movie? Because just the story <laughs> was so appealing and I guess it was just so well-crafted. But I, 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 it's one of the, the, the movies that I, I wish I would have made. Wow. Okay. So I've got to tread lightly. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you where I'm at, okay? Yeah, sure. So here we go. I don't, or I, I, I don't get the point of it. I understood mm -hmm. that it was, you know, a sort of satirical portrayal of these two social extremes and these yeah. class extremes, mm -hmm. uh, the rich family and the poor family, the, the park family and the, what was the other one called? The Kim. The Kim family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, but which family were the heroes? Maybe this is the whole point and maybe I'm missing it, mm -hmm. but I, I felt like I was supposed to think the, the rich family or both families were evil but I actually walked out feeling that the rich family, the, the Park family, weren't bad people. Mm -hmm. Not, not even, not nearly as bad as the poor family. They were awful. The poor. Am family. I wrong? Yeah, uh, the the poor family. Yeah, the poor family were awful. The rich family were. I think they were decent. Am I missing the point? Uh no. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily say that your assessment is uh, is wrong. I mean, they. they uh, I mean, for one, I don't think necessarily either family show like any sort of uh, any sort of like moral compass overall. I mean, they both have good and bad qualities. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe the the ones of the poor family stand out the most because I mean, uh, I mean, for one, when, when you you obviously get an idea that the title of Parasite is referring to the poor family, and it sort of shows through their actions. I mean, and through the plot itself. But I mean, yeah, you you you. You're, I don't think you're supposed to get the idea that you know that they're the heroes or the good people of the story, um, uh, but but again, you also don't get it from the rich family. I think. I mean, even though they don't have the same actions, but they they do have a couple of things that you can at least see as a very strong motivation uh, for the for the poor family to mm. you know behave the way they did. Uh, mostly referring to the the. I guess the murder that the dad commits at the end. I'm not never saying that murder is justified, but uh, but I mean it was. Uh, I, I think at least that part was really well developed, and, and he did have a uh, a very strong and 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 this story progressed reason for you know very suddenly killing the the patriarch of the other family. Well, he got wound up because the other guy didn't like how he smelled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, is this? <sighs> <laughs> it's really like an you know an Oscar-winning motive or you know twist in a film. Oh, you don't like how I smell? I'm gonna stab him. There we go. Well done. I oh god, I I, oh, I didn't like that. I didn't like this film. <laughs> the more you think about it, you just you just hate it. Exactly, exactly. Look, I know there were there were some there were some interesting twists. And mm. look, I'm not gonna say that I hated the film. There were some there were a lot of really really good parts to the film. Yeah. Uh, I can appreciate mm -hmm. the the editing, especially was was really good. Um, mm -hmm. 
and which it didn't uh, win by the, the music way, and, and it should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but where's where's the uh, the justice in your Oscars now? Um, and I think that I, I, just the narrative, because I I only I only watched it once, and I would have liked to have had a bit more time to have watched it again to appreciate mm. some of the more technical. Um, aspects of it mm-hmm. rather than the narrative because on my first and only watch due to it being in korean and it had spanish subtitles i had to pay a lot of attention yeah. on keeping up with the story and the dialogue mm-hmm. um but i i did watch uh talking about the editing there i watched a a scene analysis video on youtube which showed a lot of appreciation for that the, the montage yeah where mm-hmm. the housekeeper and and the peach yeah mm-hmm. uh, and that was, you know, once it was broken down, once it's deconstructed and mm-hmm. explained, it really shows that, you know, Bong Joon-ho mm-hmm. um, did think carefully about that scene. It was really well constructed and had um, good reasons behind doing it in the way which they did. But it, and what I was saying before is there are cool little, like, sidelines to the narrative um, like the North South Korea thing and yeah. you know, the guy in the basement and that stuff. It's cool. But the, the main narrative for me was just so boring. And so, I don't know. It did not capture me at all. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess that that's sort of where we would differ. The, 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 like the parallels in North Korea, South Korea, uh, that was just like an added layer for me. Um, mm. I mean, like the, the, the sort of like how, how the this person living you know in the actual basement not only like it being like a sort of parasitic uh, behavior but uh, how it's sort of related to the the North Korea South Korea dynamic uh, I, I think that was great but uh, no man I mean again these are I, I guess these are where our opinions would part but I, I personally love this story I, I thought it was uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we will also maybe go into that a little, the idea of how he uses, like, genre filmmaking to mm. to tell this story. Because um, w- when somebody asked me, like, uh, <clears throat> we were talking about the movie, I think a couple of days after the after the Oscars, and uh, my, my boss asked me, like, have you guys seen that movie? You know, was, uh, is, is it any good? I've heard, uh, like, what kind of movie is it? And I thought about it, I was like, I, I really don't know how to pinpoint the genre of this movie. Don't, yeah. don't think it's necessary to, but I, I was like, I mean, I guess you could say that it's it's a comedy until it isn't. Mm. And uh, that sort of, I mean, brought to mind the idea of like how he plays with genre in the in the, in the the movie. And, uh, and the story itself, I mean, yeah, I, I can see maybe like how that specific type of story wouldn't appeal to someone. But like putting the plot aside, I guess, or maybe just like the the theme or, or the story aside, I think that screenplay award was very well deserved because I, I I honestly can't. I mean, very few examples come to mind when I think of how of like a perfectly constructed uh, first, second, and third act, specifically the first act. Nothing is unnecessary. There's like no wasted time. Uh, ever since the the guy the the son sort of uh well as when he first becomes a tutor to the point where his mom actually gets the what is it the the housekeeper the housekeeper 
I mean, yeah. all of that, and, and, and going back to the montage that you mentioned, uh, all of that was just so perfectly crafted. And uh, not only in a storytelling sense, uh, like in a script sense, but also just uh, the shots and everything. I, I was just completely floored by that. But I, I mean, in, in that case, what elements of the story that you not personally find, like, not necessarily appealing, but maybe uh, entertaining or interesting? What, what was it necessarily about the story that you didn't like? Yeah, well, okay. First, I want to say I agree with you that it was it was well crafted and it was well made, and the story was told really, really well, and there were no unnecessary kind of sections, as you mentioned. But do you know what? Mm-hmm. The story for me felt like kind of like a, an Aesop's fable. It felt like mm-hmm. a kid's story. You know, it's like, oh, so the English teacher goes into the house and he does mm. this and he gets the job for his sister. Then his sister goes in there. It's like a nursery rhyme. Yeah. She goes in, she gets the job for her dad. Then la, 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 la. Now all the family are in the house. It's like, I don't know. It, it's not, for me, it just wasn't that interesting a story. And it, it's not, it's not believable either. I, I didn't, it didn't, there wasn't a point where I thought, yeah, this could really happen. Not even once. I think when I when I was um, when I walked out of the cinema, mm-hmm. my reaction was just kind of yeah. So what? <laughs> it didn't make <laughs> me think. It didn't. It's it's not it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so far fetched and so detached from from anything. And back to what I said at the beginning, I didn't get the point. What are you saying? Are you saying that uh, you know the class the the extreme um spectrum of of class is is too extreme are you saying that they can't get along or that they have this kind of natural kind of vengeance streak between them like they they don't like each other and that's just a natural what's the point there's there's it's it reminds me of um this this riddle and there are loads of riddles like this. And the riddle is, a man is lying dead in a field. Yeah. Next to him, there's an unopened package. There's no other creature in the field. How did he die? Do you know the answer to that riddle? Wait, wait, sorry. Uh, a man lies dead in a field. Yeah, so a man is lying dead yeah. in a field. There's a dead man in a field. Mm-hmm. Next to him, there's an unopened package, and there's no other creature in the field. How did he die? Mm, not sure. How did he die? Well... There are so many answers, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the package was dropped from a helicopter and uh, it hit him and hit him in the head and killed him. Maybe he jumped from a plane, his parachute didn't go out and that's the package next to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was carrying a package and he was walking through the field and he was a, very allergic to a plant in the field and died to that. Mm-hmm. There's so many different answers. There's no definitive point yeah. to that riddle. And I feel the same way with the film. Unless, you know, the director's going to say exactly what it's all about and what the point is. And for me, if it then clicks with me, then maybe I can appreciate it more. But but right now, there's so many different answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but say, saying that, going back to the first episode, Joker, I guess there's so many different answers there, but I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of can't put my finger on why I don't like it as, as much as I don't. <laughs> <laughs> It just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, that's... I don't know. I, I can't think of a, like a movie that 
I didn't like in the beginning, and then maybe it sort of grew on me. Mm. But uh, but yeah, no, I just uh, at least my appreciation of the film was from the get go. As as soon as I saw it last year, at home again, I just downloaded because <laughs> I mean, come on, man, we're not gonna. I was like, we're not gonna get this movie in like a year, and I yeah. uh, just heard good reviews. I think it had, by then it had already won like the the Palm Door at Cannes, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> and I was just again, I was completely floored. And then, thankfully, I guess the the movie uh, the movie sort of kept getting all these awards, and uh, got a lot of traction uh, overseas in the U.S. And then, uh, then uh, this this distributor bought the rights to the movie, at least for North America. And well, I think I just everything went went uphill for the for the director and everybody involved. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and and, and again, I, I would say that on like my second viewing of the movie in like a theater, I was just, I I was I was completely ecstatic, and and also, mm-hmm. I, I mean again, I don't know if like our listeners have an idea on 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 like Peruvian culture or or just like a general sense of of Peru overall, uh, and maybe okay. I would stretch it a little more and and and, and say Latin American general, but uh, I I was I was completely of the idea that this movie could have been made here and it would have had the same effect and and i mean at, at least and i don't know if if it's necessarily because of the of the award season and and, and you know it's <clears throat> the fact that it won best picture and it was just everywhere in the news that a lot of people here started to watch it but when i was in the theater people were just cracking up they they were like completely enter- entertained and like their eyes fixed to the screen from the beginning to the end so i don't i don't yeah. know maybe it also sort of uh has uh, that appeal to like Peruvian audiences, uh, I'm guessing all around the world as well, because the movie has done quite well. Uh, but it's it's a very comical story, and again, that that might be maybe why you I don't know why you found it a little odd, because I mean, since it is sort of considered like a black comedy, there are yeah. a lot of elements that might seem like somewhat zany and and unbelievable. Because yeah, I mean, if if you look at it maybe from like a very like realistic point of view, a lot of the things you know maybe they wouldn't necessarily happen the way they did right uh sort of like the the family getting so uh easily into like infiltrating so easily into the other family's life but um i i don't know i I guess just within that um for the story at least it worked for me and it's it's more like I, i can i can i can look past the unbelievable uh aspects of the story I don't know if it necessarily gets its message across. I mean, which I I I I, I think what I'm trying to say is that um, I I think some things can be unbelievable in a in a movie or in a narrative and fiction in general, as long as mm-hmm. you're still speaking certain like undeniable truths about human nature uh, in general. And uh, and that's a good point. And and that's that's like something that was very very clear to me when I saw it. The way it depicts the poor family. I mean, yes, you could sort of see it as like stereotypes, uh, as well as the rich family. But, but there are a lot of facets that are very true to uh, to people in general, and and that's yeah. sort of what I took from it. Yeah, yeah, I can see your point there, and I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't disagree with it. Just it was just weird to me. Um, this is a question from from Zan who wrote in, mm. and this kind of. This is a question that I want to ask you. Okay. And hopefully this is going to um, 
make you not like the film anymore? Okay, here it is. Here's the question. <laughs> so the question starts with a statement. Statement is, there are clear distinctions between genders and socioeconomic classes in the film. Mm-hmm. Are the depictions realistic? I guess you kind of were talking a little bit about that when you said the stereotypes might seem a little bit far-fetched. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, one thing to keep in mind is is that the movie is very well grounded in, like, Korean culture. Uh, it's one thing I'm not, I'm not entirely knowledgeable about. Uh, so, I mean, maybe that, like, an appreciation in that sense, like, as a Korean or how a Korean sees that movie depicting their society. Um, again, mm-hmm. not the one to answer that. But... Uh, I, I I do think that uh, a lot of the aspects of the like class division, um, again, even though they might have been exaggerated, and and for the purposes of comedy at least, they're always exaggerated. Right. Um, I I do think they were very realistic. Yeah. I guess with gender, it's not something I necessarily picked up on. Maybe it's yeah, something I, I should be that. more more. <laughs> Um, I guess more observant of, but uh, it's I, I would mostly uh, bring it down to like a, like a socioeconomic background, but not necessarily gender. I wouldn't say it's like a movie where that was an aspect that necessarily uh, stuck, uh, like stood out for me. Yeah, yeah, I I, I didn't know it's anything to do with gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the socioeconomic classes. I think they would. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I think they they were well depicted and probably well depicted in terms of the the class system in, in Korea. I I don't know much about Korea, um, but the way that they clashed it it upset me. I think maybe this is where the root of my pain comes from. On this, mm-hmm. I really liked the the Kim family's dad up until. Mm-hmm. He let his son walk out the door with a fake degree, and that to me was like, "What are you? What are you doing? You're a, you're a poor family. You've got to be. You know, you should be. You should be humble, and you mm-hmm. should be. Um, I don't feel sorry for you anymore. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't care that you're poor anymore because you you're bad people, mm-hmm. and it, they continue to show me that they're bad people. So I then I felt nothing for that family. Yeah, and the rich family, I, I felt more for them, and I would have liked to have seen a bit more. I would have liked them to to have turned around and said, "Hold on, we know what you're doing," mm-hmm. and to you know have their victory in the film. It's just it's it's it doesn't it didn't satisfy me. Yeah, I mean, so, what you're sort of uh, what you're talking about there is true, though. I would say that that uh, you don't have any characters to root for in the film. Yeah, I'm not saying that's necessary to me, but I mean it, that that is very. I, I think that does stand out in the movie. You you do not have any characters to root for, and mm-hmm. uh, at least the like the the Kim family, the the poor ones, uh, uh, like throughout the story, I wasn't finding myself rooting for them. I mean, I wasn't like, yeah, yeah, you know, I hope everyone gets into the rich family's house and they can just. I mean, I was completely enthralled and I followed along the story just because again it's so well crafted. But I wasn't like, no, please don't catch him, don't catch him, because uh, they're not like uh, necessarily likable characters. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe near the end, you sort of start getting a, a stronger sense of the relationship between the father and son. And, and maybe near the end, you do have some sort of like redeeming quality um, uh, between them. 
maybe not the father killing the 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 other guy, but just sort of like that bond that they have between them. You know, the the kid basically says, uh, you know, he's gonna do anything that possible just to reunite with his dad again. But but yeah, you they're they're not necessarily like. Uh, like the heroes in any like conventional sense of like movies where you know you know these are the people you have to root for and uh, and and they're like clearly defined villains I yeah there's a lot of ambiguity in that sense yeah and i think that's necessary in a film you need i think you need someone to root for for me at least i mm-hmm. love a good you know hero story um even even in in joker mm-hmm. it, it's an unconventional hero to root for but you do root for him. You do root for Arthur. And in this film, you started off rooting for the for the boy. Mm-hmm. You know, he had this master plan and, and it starts getting weirder and you're like, wait a minute. And you detach yourself from that character. And I think it's probably great cinema <laughs> to do that, to have that effect on an audience. But it's it's not conventional, satisfying cinema, you know? I'm I'm a I'm a consumer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, it is like a very the being able to portray like a dislikable character and still making people root for him is a great quality as a, as a storyteller. And I mean, you have examples mm-hmm. of that in films like A Clockwork Orange, where the the main character mm-hmm. is like an absolute you know atrocity of a human being. Yet you still yeah. have like this sense of wanting him to do well in the movie because he's just so he's just so goddamn charming yeah i mean i i would say that's a that's a like a great aspect of any storyteller but but again at least to me i guess there there would be certain qualities that a film would have to meet so that you don't necessarily that so that you don't find it necessary to have to root for any characters i guess in this sense it's just maybe uh again something with the pacing and everything that just i put it aside and i'm just you know i just sit in for the ride so Fair enough. I want to ask you about The Rock. Yeah. I have a... I was uh, browsing Reddit and taking a look at what people are saying about the film, and I found a really interesting comment on a, on a post. Mm-hmm. But first, I want to know what you think about The Rock. What did it mean? As far as, like, uh, attaching some symbolic meaning to The Rock, which it obviously has, mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't been able to come up with anything on my own. One thing I, I I mean that is sort of left ambiguous in the end uh, is the idea of why the son goes back with the rock to the other family, and then you know he gets hit on the head with the actual, with the actual rock, and uh, but why does he go back? And uh, right, I I thought I mean it was because maybe he really believed it was some type of good luck charm, and he was he sort of felt. Uh, I, I guess like regretful of everything that happened between them and the other family, and he was trying to give it to them as like a token of uh, of peace. That's uh, what I thought. But uh, but again, I guess it, you know it's it's left ambiguous in the sense that you could also think he goes sort of maybe like try to kill the people, which I again that was not my opinion. That's yeah, that makes sense. If speaking about him getting hit in the head with a rock, mm-hmm. and and questions to ask, how the hell didn't he die from that? I I don't know if you know this about me, but I can't watch um, blunt force trauma to the head in films. <laughs> I just can't watch it. I, the stabbing in the chest and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I don't mind. But when when I saw you know the guy lift the rock up and he was going to bring it down in his head, I had to I had to close my eyes. So I don't know if you actually see mm-hmm. the rock hit the head. Do you do you see it? 
yeah, you see it from like a wide angle Ugh. and like a lateral angle. The guy is laying down, and the other one just grabs a rock and hits it. Hits him. Uh, I mean, he hits him in the head like three times, I think. But you only see it once. But it's again, you you don't you don't have like uh, from an, from that angle, you you don't have like a like an appreciation of seeing like how how vicious the blow is. It just, I mean, right. a lot of it is the 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 sound mix as well. So uh, yeah. they, they, they do make a good job with that, you know. As in the scene also where the lady sort of, when the, the mom of the Kim family kicks the lady as she was like going up the stairs. Yeah. And she basically like bent, twists her neck when she tumbles down. I mean, a lot of the sound was, was done uh, was done well in that regard, I think. But it, it's again, yeah. it's really mostly sound that affects you as a viewer more than the visual aspect of it. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the rock, but I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like what they did with with um, with the unkilling of that kid, though, because it's like, I don't know. I kind of don't like, you know, the return of someone who you think is dead, because to me it's just like, and then I mm-hmm. woke up and it was all a dream. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he was dead, hit him in the head, and then you see him in the hospital, and I'm like... So what else? What else? You know, are you going to bring back that I thought was true that isn't? Anyway, mm. just another reason <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> the the rock. This is what the comments said on Reddit, and I thought this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So it says, "I believe the family, the poor, so the Kim family, are representative of the rock, while the rich are represented by water, like a rock formation in a river." The water flows and speeds past the rock, but the rock stays in the same place, slowly weathering away. And then he goes on to say, The rich family is never caught in the rain. They remain dry during the camping trip rain scene. The sun is dry in his tent. They live comfortably around the rain. When the original housekeeper comes back to the house, she's engulfed in a downpour, and the poor family in the large house now look at her with disgust. Yeah. Um... The main poor family, the Kim family, and their entire neighborhood have their houses destroyed by a flood. Yet the poor are entranced by the water. Mm. The water bottles they yearn to drink in the fridge. Uh, the the way they stare at the thunderstorm in awe. And then this guy says, I took the shot during the ending sequence where the main son leaves the rock in the river yeah. to represent his understanding that his situation will never change. He, along with the lower class of South Korea, is resigned to staying sedimentary as the rich quickly rush past without a pause. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's a sad irony as the rock gives the son so much hope of prosperity throughout the movie before the poor housewife's husband throws it at his head as if to show him how stupid he is for having those thoughts. Mm-hmm thoughts about that i think that's pretty i love the the idea of the water representing the rich and the rock representing the poor what do you think about it i mean yeah it's definitely an interesting interpretation of it that's right he right he he leaves the rock in the river and that's after he like wakes up from the like the coma and everything yeah yeah and on on that note actually someone I, i was reading through this comment thread someone actually um caught on to this strange fact the rock floats in the water i think in the flood because mm-hmm. it comes up and he grabs it because it's floating in the water but when he drops it in the river at the end it, it sinks why is that what i remember in the river though i mean he does lay it like on top of a very low river i mean i don't even know if it's a river it's uh it's just like a very <laughs> very soft stream 
I think he just lays it on top, and there are already like rocks beneath. So I don't know if like the rock goes all the way down, but uh, well, I guess I'd have right. to check the scene again. I think yeah, the rock could have been. I don't know. I'd like to know what it means. Maybe <laughs> you know. Maybe if, like I said before, if everything is explained to me, <laughs> I can I could appreciate it. Um, but then saying that, you know, we we then get annoyed when things are explained to us, <laughs> like um, like. Arthur Fleck's girlfriend in uh, in Joker. Yeah, um, I mean, I I would more than annoyed at like like exposition, which is you know the like overt and unnecessary exposition, which is the like Arthur's girlfriend thing. <laughs> so yeah. Arthur Arthur Arthur's girlfriend thing. I'm more annoyed when directors just go out and say, yeah, you know, I what I really meant by that is this. I I, I hate that. I hate that a, a lot. And uh, yeah, while part of me would be like, you know, that like uh, that very curious part of me would be sort of relieved to know what a certain piece of symbolism or unanswered storyline meant. Uh, Another part of me is just like uh, pissed or annoyed at the fact that, you know, as I think as as an audience member or as a viewer or somebody who appreciates like a a piece of art, we're we're, I mean, that's like our right. as a as as an audience member to to give it our own meaning, and uh, when they do something like that, it, it just takes that away, and it also takes yeah. away you know that that facet of of any piece of art where it's just uh, you know the, the the member of the audience giving their own interpretation of it, and and again it yeah. would make it would make unva- it would uh, it would invalidate anybody else's opinion if they thought otherwise. Yeah, I yeah I appreciate it. Now you put it like that. Um, yeah, I'm glad that I don't know what the rock means in a way. I'm glad that it's open to interpretation. It it makes me think a little bit of um, Bonnie Ver, the band. Yeah. Uh, with frontman Justin Vernon, their songs and their lyrics are so weird. Like they have no meaning, so they are open to interpretation. And I love Bonnie Ver, so I should love Parasite. I don't. Um, <laughs> like, you know he's Korean, right? <laughs> uh, okay, so um, the man in the basement. Yeah. I my favorite shot in the whole film was mm-hmm. when uh, when the little kid sees the man and he pops his head up and he's got his wide eyes. <laughs> yeah. Such a good shot. Did you? know that the Mimi watched it again. Mimi's my wife. She watched it again uh, with, with her family. Oh, really? Okay. When, yeah, when I was working, she went to the cinema again. And she came back and she said, oh, you know the little kid's drawing on the on the wall or on the fridge? Mm-hmm. The self-portrait in air quotes. That's the man that he saw. Did you notice that? Uh, no, I didn't notice that. Um I wouldn't doubt it, though. I mean, there are... That's just, again, to me, that's the quality of a great writer. And that's one of the many tricks you have as a writer, uh, mm. which is, you know, a lot of... T- if you watch the movie again, you'll pick up on a lot of things, and you'll be like, oh, that's right, now that makes sense. For yeah. example, uh, when the when the dad's driving the Mr. Park around, I think it's like when he's first testing mm. him out as a driver, the the Mr. Park ma- makes a comment about the, the housekeeper. And he's like, you know, she's great and all, but she just, she eats a little too much. And that's the one thing that pisses me off. And then, you know, later on you find out that that's, that was because she was bringing food to her husband. 
who is living in the in the basement. Uh, or also when the when the daughter is uh, when she's finished giving her first class to the kid, and then you know she's telling the mom that because she interprets his paintings as as him having had some type of trauma, and the mom's like completely surprised, and then then the dad comes in and he's going up the stairs. And you see the lights coming on one by one. And then, you know, later on, it makes sense because the guy always did that for him. The, the guy who lived oh. in the basement. Yeah, so, I uh, bet if when you watch that scene again, you get shivers because you can picture the guy hitting it yeah. with his head. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, you could tell that he very carefully crafted this whole thing. I'm guessing there might even be some more things that, that uh, people haven't picked up on yet. Yeah. But I just thought of something. When mm-hmm. when the the fake art teacher, the sister of the Kim family, when she mm-hmm. says to Mrs. Park, she says, "Your son has experienced a trauma." M- Mrs. Park says, kind of acts like, oh, "I don't want to talk about it," rather mm-hmm. than, "Really, really?" So wait a minute, does she know? Wait, she, she knows that he freaked out and he had. Uh, like a fit and everything Mm -hmm. but the way that she reacted now kind of makes me think looking back that she knows that it seems like she knows that her kids saw this guy who lives under her house and she knows that he's there or am i am i reading it wrong no i mean i i think she um i mean yeah she thought her her kids saw you know a ghost a ghost uh, it was yeah and then you know she even mentions it in like later on she says that like uh in houses, there, there's a superstition that in houses where there's a lot of money, uh, there tend to be ghosts that inhabit the house. And I'm guessing, again, she just really thought her kid maybe saw a ghost or he thought he saw a ghost. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah but she didn't mention sense. it at that point and she just brings it up later on. Uh, which is, again, another thing that I thought he did very well, which is uh, sort of this way of mixing the past with the present, which is, you know, how the, when the shot starts sort of tracking towards her face as she's telling the the new housekeeper. That's when they come back from the canceled trip and the housekeeper, you know, she very About quickly... About the cake made, and that you see the cake on the floor behind her, that one, right? Yeah, like that shot, which I think, again, it's very hard to make uh, and, and make it without without it being, you know, without it seeming like a, like just a gimmick. And also the other shot... Uh, when the when the house when the old housekeeper is with her husband after they sort of uh, thwarted the family's plans and they're you know holding them hostage with the with the cell phone mm-hmm. and they talk about how they used to enjoy their time in the house when the when the family wasn't around and they used to listen to like uh, like music from the olden days and used to sort of like dance and drink tea and there's a shot of them drinking tea like from the from the side. And they're, you know, just looking at the front, and then they turn towards the camera, and then it cuts to a shot of the other family in the present timeline, like, launching themselves towards them. <laughs> that was just yeah. really well done, that sort of mixing of, of, of past and present. It was delicately put together. The the, the man in the basement, I was going to say, there were yeah. some pretty heavy political references in terms of North and South Korea, mm-hmm. and I don't know much about it. I don't know enough about the political specifics here, but I think there's an element of repression and a lack of freedom, Mm -hmm. obviously, in in North Korea. Yeah. And, you know, it's a dictatorship. And and the man, um, the man's kind of reflection of this to me is 
this you know appreciation of your leader or your owner simply because he's allowing you to live he's feeding sheltering mm-hmm. and warming you um albeit indirectly mm-hmm. and i think you know he worships and admires mr park as many people do their leader in north korea so it's it's kind of an intriguing reflection on this idea of you know the brainwashed public mm-hmm. in in a, in a in a society like that so that was well done i think that was interesting to see yeah uh like a, a social commentary and his manner of dramatizing that 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 was again just another another layer of icing on the cake for me although i didn't like the way that he said respect <laughs> Dude, now this <laughs> is where I will strongly disagree with you because I love okay. the way he said respect. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Honestly, I that is like something I would I would defend without necessarily having like an argument to back it up. Okay. <laughs> because you just liked it. To me it was just it was just funny. It was hilarious, yeah. Yeah. I mean it was so it was such a I, I it when I saw it it looked like a like a I don't know, like a 1940s <laughs> cartoon. Do you know, like, do you know, like Disney have had like weird racist, weirdly racist, um, cartoon yeah. Asian characters in their <laughs> old cartoons. Yeah. It, yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. And it, I felt a little bit like, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny cause it's, it's a Korean film and it's made by a, a, a Korean guy and he's mm. representing Korean people. So if it, if it were, you know, for lack of a better word, a white guy who made that and put that scene in and put that in, I would be like, that's so racist. But <laughs> yeah. I guess the Korean did it, so it's not, it's not that bad. I mean, one thing to keep in mind, um, besides the respect thing and besides like the idea of it being like a black comedy, a dark comedy, Korean cinema as a whole, I, I think it has sort of like this, this very like blurred line of exaggeration i mean maybe you sort of get used to it as you as you watch more movies like more korean movies i don't know necessarily asian movies in general but more korean movies um for example like the dad the dad's acting might seem at some moments like a little bit over the top Mm. but uh i don't know maybe it's something you sort of get used to and i guess maybe that's why it's it's nothing that like i found like an issue with or, or something I have I have noticed that in 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 a lot of other Korean movies. I mean, it might be like a cultural thing, you know, like when the when the dad and that's another great scene when the dad's uh, sort of like rehearsing the son's script about how he's gonna go ahead with the plan and and, uh, yeah. and sort of get that's the housekeeper part of that, kicked out. That peach montage, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, man, but well, I'll tell you one thing: the the dad, the actor. God, man, he he is he is phenomenal, dude. I was honestly that was going to be the next thing. I was going to transition over to performances and say that 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 dad for me was just out of the blue, an unreal actor. So yeah. good, he is, yeah. he is great, man. And uh, again, he's he's like uh, I don't know, like the equivalent of Robert De Niro in Korea, even to the point oh. where. Uh, when they talked about that specific scene with with Bong Joon Ho, um, he said that uh, like for Korean audiences, there, there's like an extra layer of comedic effect in that scene because um, because I mean 
to to Koreans, he's you know like again he's like a very prestigious actor like at the level of like Robert Nero in 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 like North America and I guess internationally. Uh, so that when they see you know like this, the 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 guy who plays the the son who's like an up and coming you know Korean actor, giving like acting lessons to his dad. <laughs> It's like very funny. It's like I guess like as if you would see I don't know some up and coming actor here giving lessons to Robert De Niro, you know. In a, in a movie, yeah. you would find like that sort of meta comedic effect because you're like, what the hell? Yeah, that's that's cool. I like that. Stop it, man. Making me like the film. <laughs> Gotta stick to my guns on this one. Do you know? I had this. I had this feeling, <laughs> and I didn't really want to say this, um, but I'm gonna say it. I think maybe I didn't like it because you said it was so good. <laughs> and I went in thinking, this is going to be amazing. And I have my expectations were maybe too high. Yeah. So ne- next time, if you're going to recommend a film, don't say anything. Just say, oh, you should watch this film. And I say, maybe I will. You say, no, Joe, watch this film. That's all I'm going to say. And I'll get it. I'll, okay. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. I, I noticed that I've done that before. And, and, uh, Again, taste might be different. So I wonder. I wonder how I would have reacted if I would have reacted differently if if you hadn't said, hadn't said that. I was just gonna say that it was very pleasant to see uh, Sam Mendes' reaction to losing the Best Director Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed that. What was it? Uh, he just sort of did like a face. I mean, like 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 a, oh well, you know. But uh, I mean, he thought he had it in the bag. He, I mean, and everybody did really. I honestly do not think he would get anything past the the best director. I mean, best uh, international feature, uh, Bong Joon Ho for 1917, right? Yeah, and uh, and again, I was just surprised he got all those awards. The the the, the Academy, like the way it, it nominates and gives the awards, it's a little strange. I mean, it, it mm. and some some of the things make sense, but other things they don't really make sense. So I was just uh, I was surprised it got all all, the, all that recognition uh, up to the point yeah. where it won Best Picture. So well, um, there's uh, there's something we can agree on for a change. I'm also surprised that it got all those awards. <laughs> <laughs> Not pleasantly <Yeah>. though. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, no. <laughs> yeah, just like five seconds. Just mm. want to mention because I, I don't want to. I don't want to leave this out. Uh, the music was good. I liked the music. It was simple. It was um, kind of this minimalistic kind of. Uh, it, it was like the whole film was a little bit like a ballet, you know, mm-hmm. um, like a bit like bit theatrical the music, and I liked that. A bit like Tom and Jerry. <laughs> that, that sounds like a sounds like an insult, <laughs> but like a very subtle one. Dude, well, uh, I I thought the music was phenomenal, man. I, I I'm yeah. I'm still not sure. I have to check up with a friend because apparently, like, they play a, a piece from from like a, I think an opera or, or something by Handel. But um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if that was the music used like during the peach montage or like during the like very you know quick scene when the when the when the new housekeeper finds out that the family's coming back from the canceled trip. But uh. Dude, I loved the music. I was surprised that it wasn't nominated. I mean, like, yeah, you know, John Williams. Are you serious? He got nominated for Star Wars. It's like, I mean, he's like one of the all-time like greatest film composers, sure. But I mean, he's already done like ten Star Wars. Man, the music from this Star Wars was in no way, shape, or form different from the thirty other Star Wars movies that came out. He did not need really? to get nominated for that. Hilda won, right? 
Yeah, she won't. And and okay. again, not 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 taking her her spotlight. She uh she was uh very deserving of that award. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, the music the music was great in this film. I can't deny that. I couldn't pay too much attention to it because, like I said before, I was trying to read the subtitles and stuff. Let's talk about the next film we're going to do. Yeah, man. And you know what? It's my turn. Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to do a film that I saw pretty soon after Parasite, only a couple of days after Parasite. And I actually... Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you this. Yeah. Um, people applauded in the cinema after Parasite, and have ne- that's never happened to me before. Yeah, Mimi told me that. They, yeah. they, they've also applauded when I went. Uh, that is mad. Yeah, that, that just goes to what show, else? man, how much Peruvians like movies about poor and rich people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or maybe it just goes to show how much uh, hype and marketing and... Um... <laughs> anyway, um, so next film I want to do. The film I saw uh, shortly after, which is so good, and I love it, and I preferred it to Parasite. Oh, what is no. it, Nicola? What I'm going to say? <laughs> I I do not agree with you in any way, shape, or form, and, and this will be a, a point of uh, a point of discussion next ne- next podcast. But it is Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, <laughs> a film I enjoy, oh, by the way, because I do like Taika Waititi, but uh, yeah. again, does not measure up to this. <laughs> Well, well, agree to disagree then. We'll uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes next week. Um, like I said, you know, I feel like I feel like I'm a bit of a, a consumer watcher rather than I don't know an intricate critic. But I'll get there. I'm going to round it off now. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't really know what to say. I know how you could end the whole thing, but I don't oh. know if you're going to want to uh, heed my suggestion. Respect this fact. <laughs> Uh, Alright guys, so I think uh, at least uh, that's it for my part. I just want to give a quick shout out to Zan uh, for a lot of the comments and suggestions uh, she's been sending out and uh, also for uh, for her appreciation of Hamilton. It's phenomenal. I'm a huge fan as well. I try to get everyone to I know to listen to it, but people don't take my advice nowadays. If you've got any questions or you want us to talk about something in, in the next podcast, you can ask us anything you want, really, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll bring it up. Then you can write us at filmcouchpodcast at gmail.com. That's filmcouchpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, thank you for writing us. Any feedback is also welcome. So that's it from us at Film Couch. It's goodbye from me, and it's uh, goodbye from... Nicola, sign us out. Take care, guys. Until next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.